Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation with Anuj Desai. We explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping to shape it. On this week's show, we have Alexi Pikowski. Alexi is CEO and co-founder of Alpha Green. And Alpha Green are an online marketplace for CBD and alternative health products. And they're based in the UK. Welcome, Alexi. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Really excited to be on the show. Oh, no. Thank you for joining me. We've been trying to get this on for a while, so I'm glad to have you on. It's cool. So look, there's quite a bit here, actually. It's not really an area that I've talked about, kind of e-commerce and how it relates to this. So we'll get into that in a minute. But if we can start with maybe just a bit more about you, your background, how did you get into cannabis, etc.? Sure. So I guess from the age of 16, I started trading equities and I've always been looking at different industries, different businesses and seeing the equity bubbles and, and bursts in cannabis. I was clearly saying to myself, OK, I'm missing something here and started to read about cannabis more and more. And the initial plan was to launch a small vehicle to invest in cannabis companies. And then it's just pivoted into a marketplace and now a platform uh, for CBD brands and cannabis brands out there. Brilliant. That's great. I love a good pivot. (laughs) So let's talk about Alpha Green. What do you guys do? So we operate Europe's largest marketplace for global brands in CBD, in alternative healthcare. We also provide services such as SEO, fulfillment as a service, advertising and basically help scale brands when they work with us and we're also rolling out some analytics and product insights products in the future and yeah we're basically trying to be the hot group for the cannabis industry and if you don't know what the hot group is it's a four billion company in the beauty industry which owns a few brands runs a few marketplaces but more importantly, provides various services to the FMCG players such as Procter & Gamble, Nestle, L'Oreal, and really help them to outsource activities the brands shouldn't really be doing and only focus, make the kind of focus for the brands to be on product innovation and brand and everything else, give it to the hot group. And so we are hoping to be that uh, model for the cannabis industry in the future. Brilliant. That's great. Is it sort of a bit of a pseudo incubator in a way? Well, not quite because we do not own brands and we do not develop brands, but we're really taking what's very difficult for brands, which is getting traffic, getting revenue and helping brands with that. So we are uh, more, uh, well, uh, almost, I would say, yeah, platform, right? Because on the one hand, we have the marketplace and on the other hand, we have tech enabled services. And so on the one hand, we're great for customers because they have access to amazing products and lots of them. And on the other hand, we work with brands and drive traffic to them, but also help them to actually drive traffic to their own domain as well. That's brilliant. We'll talk about the content bit in a minute. What kinds of products are you supposed to exist? Is it more than just CBD, I hope? Yeah, yeah. We have uh, more than 1,000 products now. I would say 90% are still cannabis related products probably a lot of them are cbd not just oils i would say though but we do have a lot of up-and-coming wellness brands uh, alternative healthcare brands so the ashwagandha products the mushroom products and many more products in the future as well yeah that must be really interesting what are the kind of trendy things that are coming in just in in terms of your space, because I, I really like the fact that it's broadening out from just a single yeah. kind of ingredient yeah. to more plant-based. 
Yeah, what you see is that a lot of the CBD brands uh, are launching combined products with, for example, vitamin D or vitamin C. You also see lots of the non-cannabis players launching CBD products on the other hand, right? So it's, it's getting really mixed up. You also have various beauty brands launching CBD and cannabis uh, products as well. And then just generally, of course, uh, there is a big hype around mushrooms uh, recently. So you do see a lot of mushroom brands popping up and then other things such as kind of brands to help you with intermittent fasting, brands to help you with, for cognitive focus and cognitive enhancement with the kind of semi-nootropic, let's say, products out there. So yeah, lots of lots of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Really interesting. And I think you mentioned just before that content is kind of one of a key service that you offer. Do you want to explain a bit around what you do there? Sure. So when it comes to Google, Google is really looking for sites who have the best content out there and who have a lot of other domains referring to that domain, uh, which we call backlinks. And so one of our core competencies is to have more than 15 female and male uh, strong uh, content team now, which is day and night writing unique content on subjects such as bioavailability, is CBD good for pain relief or not, and just also very detailed product descriptions, why we love a product, what are the other ingredients in the product, etc., etc., And that drives a lot of content and drives, therefore, a lot of recognition from Google to rank us very, very high for various key search, uh, keyword search terms. And then, of course, because our content is very good, we get a lot of other sites quoting our content or quoting our site, which then also increases the number of backlinks. But then we also proactively go out and ask publishers, hey, can you publish this content for us and give us credit for that? And so really this work in the last 10 months has resulted in our really, really rapid growth and uh, yeah, very strong success in Google ranking. And so that's really what we also now started doing for other brands because we know it is very difficult to buy ads and even make ads work on an ROI, uh, on a positive ROI basis. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that in a second, actually. And we'll just get a bit more about Alpha Green before we talk about those sort of bigger picture things. How has COVID treated you generally? I mean, both as a business and, you know, have you seen a bigger interest in sort of natural products and health and wellness in general? Yeah. So COVID obviously is a huge tragedy. I would say as a digital business, we were very fortunate to not have a an office actually even and to be have a system in place to optimize the whole remote, remote working setup. And so COVID didn't really interrupt our business. And indeed, the fact that more people spend more time online now and more people are looking for natural remedies to help them with sleep issues and anxiety issues really increased the search behavior for CBD. And because we've been driving all this, this Google strategy all along, we of course benefited from the recent, let's say month, the different events happening out there. Mm. Well, that's good that you kind of have weathered the storm and actually 
done quite well out of it. That's great. And sort of finally, have you have you guys raised money for Alpha Green? And if so, has that kind of have you found that environment? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So again, my background is in, in investing in companies and myself and being in venture capital for several years and, and building operations for a family office. I knew that raising capital is a very strong factor for success as well. Unfortunately, uh, to be honest as well, but it's, it's the reality. And so we started raising money literally with an idea. We didn't have a website even. And so that round uh, I closed in February this year. And we raised a bit more than half a million from one of the best uh, cannabis investors also in Europe uh, and a bunch of uh, tech angels. And we're actually about to announce uh, our next close as well. Uh, we've been raising pretty much since uh, June uh, again, partly because... Given this strong growth of ours, we saw that there is a huge opportunity to build a big business here, partly also because the element of the services and working with brands on top of being a marketplace, that's something we really understood that we can do in February and March. So that wasn't really even part of the business plan in October and November last year. And so, and then partly because uh, the investors have been very impressed with our growth and started recommending us to other investors. And so uh, because of that, we just said, you know what, let's take on more money. So uh, I think this um, environment hasn't been too bad for us overall. Yeah, wow. That is good. That is good. I suppose, you know, if you've got some good fundamentals, then it's an attractive proposition. So that's always going to be a good uh, environment. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, look, let's talk a bit about the macro stuff, which is, you know, maybe a bit of a 101 on e-commerce in general, but mm-hmm. in particular in relation to cannabis and CBD. So look, at the high level and very kind of basic, Google and Facebook aren't very friendly towards CBD. Is that still the case? It's still the case. Although, again, when talking about Google, one has to differentiate between paid ads and and shopping versus the organic traffic. So the organic traffic works very similar to any other industry. So if you have good content and people are looking for that content, you will be ranked highly if you're good on that content. What is more difficult is to actually bid for CBD-related keywords and being kind of, uh, let's say, a website with a bunch of CBD or cannabis-related images and wording to then be allowed to promote certain ads and basically a bid for keywords. And that's still very, very difficult. And even if people succeed in doing that, and there are many ways how you can actually circumvent the algorithm. So if you Google now CBD uh, oil, you most likely will see a few ads uh, on top of the first page. And if you look at the URL or the domain of brands advertising for these keywords, you will see it's actually a different domain, for example, than their real domain. So what they ultimately do is they're using, a, let's say, a middle layer or literally a different domain with a one-page picture, for example, to then get people to click on it and then get redirected to their real domain. Now, that works. However, the ROI is really, really low and actually negative because the conversion rates are very bad. Because, of course, somebody who then sees already, okay, click on that, but now I'm actually being redirected to something else. 
is most likely to be surprised, first of all. And then second of all, will already have some sort of mistrust to where he landed, right? Undermines confidence, right? Correct, correct. So that's one way how people do that. And again, it's very bad in terms of conversion, therefore very, very expensive because you need just a lot more clicks to get your customer. And the other way is kind of very similar. So using other products, so kind of have target very similar keywords, such as CBD, for example, but then have not related pages to CBD. And therefore, yes, a person might click on that link because it says on the link it's a CBD page, but then he happens to be on the on a skincare brand. And therefore, well, will the customer now look in the website and find a CBD brand or will the customer just go back to Google and type CBD into the Google search again? And so while it is possible to be ranked in Google and have ads, it's very, very inefficient. And Facebook, it's a slightly similar story. So you do see brands getting promotions approved. However, if you actually look at the number of likes, uh, they're fairly low. And what it tells you is that a lot of these ads are being taken down by Facebook and Instagram fairly quickly. So yes, you can kind of keep doing new promotions and new initiatives, but the sustainability and the conversion rates are very questionable. And so it really leaves you with three, I think in our opinion, ways to market and to drive traffic. One is the really patient game of SEO. So what we do a lot, the search engine optimization and writing a lot and good content. Then the second point is influencer marketing. I think that really works really well as well. It can be very expensive as well, depending on the amount and the quality of influencers you want. And then the third point is email marketing. I know a lot of brands have been uh, very successful in email marketing with really high uh, conversion rates and, and retention rates. But of course, to get emails in the first place, you need to have these clicks and collect emails, which is also a fairly long game to do. Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. You've given everyone a, a lovely roadmap <laughs> of how to sort of prosper online. Are there any other big marketing challenges sort of this industry faces? Medical claims would be a one that I would imagine is, is up there. Yeah, yeah. Medical claims is one. I would say another one maybe related to social advertising kind of media is also the fact that it's very difficult to do retargeting, which means you can't use services which show you the same ad on other websites you then visit after you might have seen the ad on Instagram, for example, right? And therefore, again, you, you don't really use the full toolkit of the kind of social media and paid advertising out there. But yes, the other really big kind of the elephant in the room is obviously claims. There are, again, ways around it because if you look at what the vitamin brands are doing, it's a fairly similar setup. They are not allowed to do claims However, you do think or you are aware that vitamin C is good for your immune system and magnesium is very good for a cramp relief and better kind of blood circulation and zinc might strengthen your immune system as well and turmeric is good for your anti or has anti-inflammatory features, right? Having said that, they're all not allowed to do these claims. 
So it's very similar to CBD where, yes, you do know that a lot of people like to take CBD to improve their sleep, but it's not allowed to actually say CBD will help you with your sleep problems, right? And so it's really how you phrase certain claims, let's say. We always try to use a lot of references to academic journals. So we do point fingers at, look, it's not us saying that, it's an academic journal saying that. And we're just saying that there are many academic journals saying that. <laughs> and I think so far it works. Yeah, wow. Again, brilliant tips there for everyone. So when you guys come in as a marketplace, why do you think the marketplaces are so important for this ecosystem? Yeah, so marketplaces, to some extent, do vet a lot of products and brands. So we do collect certificates of analysis of each single brand and product. We write a lot of information about them. We also, in our case, actually see how well they do on delivery, how well they do on product quality, because we do see a lot of the customer, uh, let's say, reviews. Happy to say we're 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Uh, But... Ultimately, marketplace is almost a- another layer of vetting, but also a big layer of curation. So while we do have more than 1,000 products, if the customer journey is rarely seeing actually the huge amount of brands and products we have there because it usually comes through a certain request such as, okay, what's best in terms of what's the best CBD drink, right? And so we actually have then a collection on CBD drinks and then the customer can actually see all the CBD drinks with all the different prices, with all the different ingredients and really compare all the different products in one place. So that's why marketplaces are so important. The other thing is, again, it's really the seamless experience for a customer to search for information and for a new product or a new brand already in one place rather than Google, which is, of course, a very strong search engine, but you still get a lot of academic journals in there. You get a lot of non-related sites out there and having a marketplace with really good brands and good UX is definitely a big plus for the customer experience. And you can see that in beauty where you have lots of marketplaces, despite Amazon, despite direct-to-consumer brands, and you see that also in fashion where you have the Farfetch, the Net Apote, and the likes who just provide this really cool curated experience for a customer. Yeah, and I think curation is a very important aspect of that, and that's kind of what you do through content as well, I assume. But it's a lot about trust, isn't it? If you're helping to sort of navigate. If you just type CBD in, you just, there's thousands of brands. Which one do you choose type thing? Correct, correct, yeah. So you mentioned Amazon, the big hairy gorilla in the room. How do you view Amazon? Are they going to come in and just crush everyone? So Amazon is is a great company. Are they a gorilla in this room? Well, it's a big room, right? So there's (laughs) definitely space for a gorilla in the room. I would say Amazon will have a role in the game and is already playing in the same game as well and is already in the room, I would say. But as I mentioned, right, in fashion, in beauty, and in many other, let's say, areas where you do require curation, where customers want this layer of uh, vetting, this layer of selection, and just a nice UX, UI to be able to uh, scroll through different products and maybe also have 
loyalty points related to a product or a brand or a category, that's where marketplaces and e-commerce sites can still exist, uh, coexist with Amazon. And so I don't see Amazon as a, th- as a threat. In fact, once Amazon becomes a bigger player also, that will also mean that Facebook and Google advertising will be allowed and then the market will grow exponentially from here. So I almost say that if Amazon comes into the game even more, it will be good because it means that Facebook and Google will also be looking much more into the space and allow the, the, the tools to use what, which are being used by the beauty and by the vitamins industry already and just grow, grow the industry even more. Yeah. And to counter that, how do you view the sort of challenges that are going on at European level in relation to CBD? It seems like it's very precarious at the moment. So I would say there's been always a lot of noise in cannabis, in CBD, especially when it comes to regulation. So the whole, let's say, proposal of the EU Commission on whether CBD should be reclassified as a narcotic rather than a food is really a letter to the producers asking them, what do you think about that? It's not really saying, hey guys, big red flag, it's going to happen. In fact, the EU court and the EU parliament very frequently uh, reject all the different ideas the EU commission is is coming up with. (laughs) So to be honest, it's just very, in fact, very negative for the industry that a lot of the players in the industry are creating such a big noise out of it because perception does become reality almost. And then by creating wrong perception, you might happen, well, you almost force to what you don't want to happen to become reality. My insight, let's say, from talking to various lawyers and talking to really well-funded brands who also have a lot of lawyers is that it's not going to happen, the whole reclassification. What might happen, of course, is that, again, there might be just a bunch of new new delays in, in the whole regulatory, let's say, roadmap when getting CBD approved as novel food also in the EU. Luckily, the UK took already a different path, but I would also say that you will not reclassify CBD as a narcotic, but just also treat it as novel food once the noise settles down. Right. That's very positive. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good to hear that. Also, if you look at the North America, right, I mean, I think it's very clear that it's a huge market in Canada and the US and Latin America is actually now quietly gaining market share and gaining a lot of traction in that space as well. So it's just slower as is usually the case. And there's just a lot of noise. And I think this noise is just really, yeah, just a lot of misinformation as Trump says, fake news almost. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, there's a whole topic in itself, isn't it? Well, brilliant. I really hope that is the truth. And I hope it is um, it is just noise and we can kind of move forward and sort of start, you know, making and growing this business. Cool. So what, finally, what I mean, what is your kind of future plans for your business? Because as you, we mentioned Pivot at the beginning, what is sort of new areas that you're looking at? So one area we're looking at is to expand in various non-English speaking countries and non-English languages. Uh, The first one is Sweden for us. 
that's related partly because we see Sweden as a very exciting country with a lot of demand for CBD and also slightly, uh, let's say, easier ways to use certain marketing channels out there. We also have several Swedish brands and also some Swedish investors. So that's one country we're expanding into, followed by a few other European countries. And that's also part of our localization service. We will then offer two brands as well. So if a brand wants to expand into Sweden or into Portugal, we will be able to help that brand with the content and also placing products in that particular country. The other thing we are doing is we do see, so 30% of our traffic already is from the US because we're being ranked for English content. And so we're seeing a lot of interest from US brands to also enter Europe, despite all this noise around the regulatory space. And so one of the things we are uh, rolling out is basically a fulfillment as a service model where we help uh, US brands, Canadian brands, Colombian brands to set up operations in Europe with us managing it and also selling, of course, on Alpha Green IO. And then vice versa, we are looking to allow more and more U.S. customers to buy U.S. brands and get them delivered to, to their home in the U.S. and also enable European brands to enter the U.S. market, which is a much bigger CBD market than Europe, although Europe is growing really, really strong as well. And then finally, we are launching a B2B product where shops and restaurants can buy via alphagreen.io directly from brands as well. So very similar to what Dutchie and Leaflink in the US are doing for the cannabis space and the producers and the dispensaries. We are aiming to do the same thing for CBD shops and, and restaurants. Brilliant. Very exciting plans. Yeah, I look forward to all of those things. <laughs> um, thank you, thank yeah. you, Alexi. It's been really brilliant, actually. And I think I've learned a huge amount, actually, about kind of marketing online, I guess. But I'm sure it's be very useful to my listeners, too. We'd love to have you back on at some point to hear how some of these plans are going. So uh, please stay in touch. Sure. Anytime. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.